0: Welcome to the Miss Medical Podcast, Diagnosis Flatline. I'm your host, Destry Godwin. Miss Medical explores stories of misdiagnosis, malpractice, mysteries, and misogyny. You're my interns, and this is where true crime and medicine collide. This is Miss Medical. So for today's story, we are starting all the way back in the early 90s, which are definitely the best years, and we're going to a farm that is outside of Salem, South Dakota. Salem is a tiny town of only about 1,300 people as of 2020, and it's just outside of this small town where Brittany Shear was born and raised with her dad being a fourth-generation farmer growing corn and soybeans. Though she enjoyed her childhood and life on the farm, and deeply respected her father's work, she knew even from a young age that farming did not run in her veins. Brittany wanted a very different type of career for herself. She wanted to be a lawyer. She was sure of this, even from a young age, and for her grade 3 career day at school, she dressed up as a lawyer. This dream stayed with her all throughout high school, so her educational path led her to the University of Wyoming, where she majored in business administration and environment and natural resources. That's a bit of a mouthful, and I don't really even know what that entails. From there, there was only one thing left, law school. Brittany packed up her life and traveled the nearly 1,000-mile journey to Austin, Texas, where she was enrolled at the University of Texas School of Law. In March of 2018, things couldn't be brighter for Brittany's future. She was only two months away from graduating law school, and only a week away from her 27th birthday. Since her birthday would fall over spring break, Brittany and her friends decided, naturally, to celebrate early. Brittany and her friends were at a stage in their life where the hardcore partying wasn't really appealing. They were nearing their 30s soon enough and just about to graduate with their future careers on the horizon, and drunken bar nights surely wouldn't look good to prospective employers in such a competitive industry. Instead, the group opted for a more sophisticated celebration, touring Texas Hill Country wineries.
1: Sounds like something you would like.
0: (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. So I actually looked this up because I am an avid wine lover, And I learned that it's a region of about 50 wineries that's located just outside of Austin. So I'm pretty sure that's going to have to go on our travel bucket list at Mm. some point. Yeah, The group had a successful day, but they didn't overdo it. After all, their primary goal was school. And they didn't want to be distracted by taking things too far on their winery celebrations. Brittany got home safely and happily snuggled into bed to get some sleep. She had no idea her life was about to take a major turn.
1: I had a feeling something was coming. (laughs) It's all sounding too good.
0: Not long after falling asleep, Brittany woke up feeling extremely nauseous. Now, for any of you fellow wine enthusiasts, I'm sure... This is probably not all that shocking following a day of wine tastings and birthday celebrations. It actually, when I read it, reminded me of a situation that I had had a few months ago. My sister and I had decided to go out together to a jazz bar restaurant that was fashioned from the Prohibition era. So naturally, we dressed up in full 1920s flapper dresses. And it won us a lot of favor at the restaurant and earned us some free drinks over the span of the night. And I had also decided that this was going to be the night that I tried oysters for the first time.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: And I tried a lot of oysters. And I felt totally fine. Like, I wasn't, I really didn't drink, like, that much. But we went back to my sister's place to sleep it off. And I woke up just, like, a few hours later in the wee hours of the morning ridiculously nauseous and I I guess I learned my lesson Uh, champagne and bourbon and oysters do not actually mix well once they all settle down into
1: your stomach yeah what a mess
0: (laughs) anyway so Brittany woke up feeling definitely not so hot presumably from the wine activities so she went to the washroom to be sick but things went from normal winery day catching up to you to major red flags in the blink of an eye all of a sudden Brittany was unable to move the right side of her body she tried to stand up but she couldn't she tried to reach for something to brace herself but she couldn't do that either Her vision started to go dark, narrowing suddenly to nothing more than a pinprick. Brittany did the only thing she could think of. She screamed.
1: Oh, this sounds horrible already. Jeez.
0: I know we didn't waste any time, did we? No,
1: just jumped right in.
0: (laughs) Her roommates woke up to Brittany's screams and rushed to her aid. Panicked. They hoisted up her limp body, loaded her into a car, and drove straight to the emergency room. At the ER, I would like to say that she was immediately admitted and that tests were run, but that's not the case. Though, I suppose showing up in the ER at 3am following a day of wine tours probably wasn't working in her favor. The doctors thought what we're probably all thinking, a bit too much sun, a bit too much wine, and possibly some other less legal substances could be at play.
1: See, I wasn't thinking that because we're doing a podcast that's that has a fair. certain theme to it. And I'm like, there's something going on here.
0: There's always something going on. Yeah. But it it's very, I can definitely see how that's going to seem like the most obvious scenario that you come in at 3 a.m. after you've been out with your friends drinking all day Mm, yeah yep the doctors asked Brittany repeatedly did you do any drugs it's okay if you did it was critical that Brittany tell them what had happened if they were going to help her it took a whole five hours of this Doctors trying to coax Brittany into disclosing what she had done, and Brittany insisting she had only had wine during the day, before finally a neurologist came to assess her. Only then did they order a CT, and nobody expected the results. Brittany had suffered a stroke at only 26 years old. A stroke is the result of one of two scenarios. Either there is a blockage which cuts off blood supply to part of the brain, called an ischemic stroke, or a blood vessel ruptures and starts bleeding into the brain, called a hemorrhagic stroke. If that sounds similar to an aneurysm, then you'd be right in your line of thinking, where an aneurysm is a part of a blood vessel that weakens and starts to balloon outward and can burst. And the result, if that burst in the brain and started bleeding into the brain, would be exactly a stroke at that point.
1: Oh, never knew that.
0: Either way, the faster the stroke is treated, the better the outcome and the less risk of long-term or permanent damage to the brain. Once the stroke had been identified... Doctors admitted Brittany to the hospital and started treatment immediately to reverse the effects. Thankfully, they were able to stop the bleeding in her brain, and after only two days in the hospital, they gave her the all-clear to be discharged. Brittany's mom had flown from South Dakota to Texas to be with Brittany and was there to help her prepare for her discharge. As they were preparing to leave, suddenly, Brittany's memory started to quickly fade away. She couldn't answer simple questions. Her vision was deteriorating and she had a horrific headache. The doctors were sympathetic, but having lingering neurological effects from a stroke is not exactly uncommon. So they were going to go ahead with the discharge anyway. Brittany's mom, though, would hear none of it. Her mom's senses were in high gear, and she insisted they do another MRI of Brittany's brain to provide assurance that this was truly just delayed after effects. And it's a good thing they did. What they found was that Brittany had suffered a second stroke, This one was five times bigger than the first. Instead of being discharged home to rest and recover, suddenly her life was on the line and she was transferred to the intensive care unit. Nobody knew if Brittany would even survive the night.
1: Wow, this escalated super fast.
0: Yeah, from a day of birthday celebrations to, you know, one stroke and then another massive
1: stroke. And it's one thing when... It's uh, somebody who's elderly or perhaps in very poor health or history, but when it's uh, someone young, busy, successful, you might say, and on a good path and good place in their life, this is, uh, it's shocking just to hear it. I can't imagine going through it.
0: Yeah. The medical team worked diligently to save Brittany's life and they successfully stopped the bleeding in her brain again. After stabilizing her and monitoring her over the span of four days, it seemed like Brittany had miraculously made it out of the woods and was ready to go home. Brittany was exhausted, but relieved. She was ready to rest, recover, put this whole thing behind her, and get on with chasing her dreams.
1: Was there... Is there any info on that she could walk at that point? Or was that going to be extensive physio for the next?
0: There actually, there is a little bit about what that looks like. Um, So she could walk, but she was definitely having lingering issues Mm. with even like judging distance or um, having really the body awareness to know, you know, where you're putting your foot kind of thing. So it wasn't easy. And it's probably a good thing her mom was there to kind of be a support person for her discharge only one day after her discharge, it was clear. Brittany's fight was not over yet. Brittany suddenly developed a painful tingling sensation down the entire right side of her body. It wasn't just unpleasant. It felt like her whole right side from her head to her foot was asleep. It reached a point where she couldn't eat because she couldn't feel the right side of her mouth and her tongue, and she couldn't walk because she had no normal sensation in her right foot. I can't imagine how terrifying that must have been just one day after you leave the hospital and after everything she had already been through.
1: I'm, to be honest, amazed that she was discharged after four days after a major brain bleed. And I'm no doctor, but I would think you would have to stay very still and in bed, and you know, no raised heart rates, no standing. I'm, I'm surprised. I don't, I don't think she was diagnosed with a particular condition. That she, she was just okay to get out of there and carry on.
0: I. I definitely agree that all of it feels a bit rushed to me, like that they were so quick to be ready to discharge her after the first stroke when she's literally having a second stroke and they're saying, no, no, it's just lingering symptoms. Mm -hmm. You're fine. It, the whole thing seems really rushed to me that there was not really an investigation into, you know, why did this happen? Is there a risk it's going to happen again? Mm-hmm. Just in and out
1: do you, uh I wonder if the the one time she maybe had more alcohol than she would have previously would that have thinned her blood and made her more susceptible to a bleed
0: it It can, but usually just on a one off that's not really a high risk for people. Yeah. It would be something you'd see more commonly in alcoholics where it's it's a chronic uh way that you're treating your body yeah. and which comes with a whole other. You know, host of effects. Usually your blood counts are suffering a bit when you're an alcoholic. So maybe you don't have as many uh, clotting factors, your body's slower to respond, you're more apt to trip and fall and hit your head. There's a a lot of kind of pieces working against you. But I mean, as a healthy 26 year old, just going out for a wine tour, there absolutely should not have been that level of risk to her.
1: Surprising too, given that this is in texas and it's it's probably private health care and that they were so quick to kind of release her and and carry on
0: it's hard to know the dynamics there because you know maybe maybe that was a factor that we don't know about that the family was concerned about the cost of the medical care for her to stay longer than could be potentially necessary especially if she's you know, I can't think law school's very cheap either.
1: Yeah, right.
0: So after this episode of tingling down the right side of her body, she immediately went back to the hospital, fearing the worst. Thankfully, Brittany had not suffered another stroke, but she was diagnosed with something called thalamic pain syndrome. So that's basically a condition where you experience centralized pain originating from your central nervous system. It's kind of a weird condition. It can happen when your nervous system in general has been persistently in a state of high activity. Some studies say that it can occur in up to 8% of patients who have suffered a stroke. Well, it was good news that it wasn't another stroke, I'm sure this probably felt like just another blow to Brittany's health, and especially to the potential timeline for her recovery. Brittany spoke to the media about this time and said, quote, here I am, this healthy 26 year old who's just about finished with law school. I had a job lined up and I was just like enjoying life. And all of a sudden, it's like, am I going to be able to be a lawyer? Am I going to be a professional in any industry? Or am I going to need my parents' help for the rest of my life? Am I even going to make it? End quote. Brittany, though, would make it. Thanks to her strength, bravery, and determination. She had to relearn how to drive, and her mom moved in with her, temporarily to assist with her recovery. Brittany couldn't be left alone because of her lack of depth perception and coordination issues which lingered long after the stroke. Despite this mountain that she was facing though, she refused to give up on her dream of finishing law school. And I think we can all applaud her when I tell you that she actually graduated on time and landed a job as a mergers and acquisitions attorney at a top international law firm called Kirkland & Ellis, which calls itself the world's richest law firm located in Houston.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
0: It blows my mind Mm -hmm. that this girl can go from being in the hospital having suffered two strokes... Being diagnosed with thalamic pain syndrome, not even being able to drive, and she went and wrote final exams and graduated on time. Yeah, it's insane.
1: Yeah, talk about go getter. Yeah. Well, so that the condition she was diagnosed with is temporary. During periods of high nervous stimulation, I think you said.
0: It can be. There's really not a lot of information or studies on it. It's kind of a weird condition that I think isn't really diagnosed a lot, but it's more when people are having these kinds of symptoms of generalized, uh, centralized pain, and there's not really any other explanation for it, then it seems like the default is kind of to go in this direction. And I think because we don't really understand enough about it it's really hard to say if for some people it might just be like a one-off episode or a two-off and then it never happens again or you know people might have lingering symptoms or if you're in a state of high stress in the future you might have a Mm. flare-up I think it kind of varies depending on the person.
1: I'm surprised that she could recover so quickly from back-to-back strokes and More from perspective, I thought I have a relative, uh, an elderly relative that had a stroke and she never recovered from that, uh, Mm -hmm. never gained use of that side of her body. And then you look at somebody like Sylvester Stallone who never recovered quite all the use in his face Mm -hmm. from a stroke at a younger age. I guess it's a very dynamic internal injury, would you call it that? And uh, it can can be very severe and unrecoverable or it can be very intense short-term. And then the brain can recover quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. I always thought strokes were, once that's it, you've had one, it's years of physiotherapy to recover. Yeah. I guess not, though.
0: I think there was a lot of things that worked in her favor in this situation. One being her age. Yeah. In that being young and otherwise really healthy definitely gives you such a better chance to be able to recover and for the brain to heal itself and... Mm -hmm regenerate and create new pathways to bridge the gap if there was lasting damage somewhere and think the fact that the stroke wasn't caused by any type of trauma like when you say Sylvester Stallone like I don't know the details of what entailed but I have a feeling it was probably trauma related Mm. like a like a bad blow to the head kind of thing Mm. uh, where you're not necessarily just contending with the stroke but you've also got swelling and traumatic injury which could could have caused uh, permanent damage to certain parts of the brain completely separate from the actual effect of the stroke
1: yeah do you know they so they scan the brain they see that there's blood where there shouldn't be and they establish oh there's a brain bleed they obviously can't just go in and stitch it up Mm -hmm. so do you know what they the process is once they've established what the condition is for that
0: it really kind of depends on a lot of pieces so generally there are certain drugs that we use to treat a stroke and they have a lot to do with the effect of clotting factors right Um, Right and those are kind of really important it's also important to identify which type of stroke is happening though because Mm. obviously if it's being caused by a clot, which is blocking blood flow, then you need
1: thinners. Right, which yeah. is
0: quite common, um, especially in elderly people. They're generally more apt to be having a clot issue where the tissue is actually dying. Mm-hmm. Then obviously you need to take care of busting that clot. So we have, I mean, we just kind of call them clot buster drugs mm-hmm. um, that you would use. But obviously in Brittany's case, it's. A little bit of the opposite you want to be able to try and stabilize and slow the bleeding and then it depends on how much the bleed has already progressed and if that's creating additional pressure inside the brain uh, there's a lot of kind of pieces at play when it comes to
1: yeah you know something that we've gone over previously uh, in previous episodes which I feel like we went over quite quickly in this one but it's probably one of the defining moments for the path that Brittany ended up on, was her mum's spidey sense of, yes. you know what, I'm not taking her home. There's something wrong, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And it gives me goosebumps to even to just to say that, because it's amazing how many times that advocating either for yourself or for your child or for your loved one is the difference between yep you're going to go down this path or you or you're going down this path. And I know for you, I mean, so you had a spidey sense a couple of years ago in the middle of the night that Mm -hmm. our middle child, there was something wrong. Yeah. And you went out of our bedroom, through the hallway into his room. And there he was unable to breathe with a severe asthma attack. And what I, I don't know what force it was that alerted you that something wasn't right but there was our child blue lips yeah completely unable to breathe and unable to help himself
0: yeah and like couldn't talk couldn't shout like nothing yeah. i still have no idea what woke me up that night and not even that cuz you know you're not it's not all that uncommon to wake up in the night when you have kids obviously mm-hmm. but that made me get out of bed to go check because bed is so cozy in the middle of the night it's
1: winter yeah
0: Yeah. and and you don't you hear noises all the time from your kid's room right they get out of bed they're getting a drink they're going to the bathroom whatever it's not you don't get out of bed to go check on them every single time and i have i don't know what that was yeah that i just something was wrong and i had to go check
1: yeah and her You know, Brittany's mom obviously had a similar feeling. I know my daughter, this isn't right. And uh, thankfully, you know, that hospital had access to an MRI instantly. Mm -hmm. And which is the equipment she needed, right? To be able to uh, figure out, oh, it's happened again.
0: Yeah. And it does highlight, which I think is the undercurrent of every episode so far, is you have to trust your gut. When you know that something is wrong you have to advocate for that because mm-hmm. in in this story, in all of the stories that we do, they, these people are not having catastrophic thinking. They're not assuming that it's the worst where they're building themselves up in a state of panic yep. and going so over the top with it. It is just that gut feeling that says it's something more than this. And the importance of trusting that Feeling when it comes up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the difference.
0: As for Brittany and where she ended up following all of this, she has worked on more than two dozen mergers and acquisitions, including five transactions with a deal value of more than one billion dollars. She told reporters that she still lives with some mild pain and some instances of vision loss, but that she rarely thinks about it, and she certainly doesn't let it slow her down. Everything I read about Brittany while I was researching her case painted her as an extremely smart, talented lawyer with an impressive professional drive that will no doubt take her amazing places. And I think the American Heart Association must have read the same things when they named her one of its Real Women of 2021, giving her a powerful platform to share her story and inspire people across the country. Brittany has truly shown that she is an unstoppable force.
1: I'm so glad this one has a happy ending. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I was really worried there. A third the way in I'm like oh no it's uh, not right
0: I know and it's so hard because there's so many that don't get as lucky not that yeah. I think a lot of Brittany's case was luck I think yeah she was really strong and she persevered like nobody's business but it is good to remember the stories where people do make it through and she has been able to have a normal successful life um in spite of everything because there are a lot of cases that we talk about where that is not the case.
1: I'm going to remember this one.
0: Yeah, hold on to this one for the next really sad one that we do.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Good one. Lesson learned.
0: For sources and additional show notes, follow the link in the episode summary to our website. If you'd like to see pictures related to the episodes and the Miss Medical Podcast, you can find us on Instagram as Miss Medical Podcast. If you love Miss Medical and want to support the show, find us on Patreon, where you can officially join the intern team. All episodes are written by myself and aim to be as factually accurate as possible. Music is an original composition recorded and produced by Jason Chamberlain. And of course, make sure you follow the podcast on your chosen platform so you never miss an episode.